Hi, this is Kim Davis, Editor-in-Chief of DMN, and uh, welcome to the podcast, which we're calling Spotlight on Shutterstock. And joining me today by phone from Canada, I have Paul Cowan, who's VP of Enterprise and SMB Marketing at Shutterstock Custom. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. It's, uh, it's great to be here. So, uh, obviously, Shutterstock is pretty much a, a household name for a lot of people based on its popularity as a kind of marketplace for images. I think that's the first thing people think of, uh, countless images available online, some even for free. But what I wanted to uh, go into with you today is Shutterstock's relevance for businesses and for, be- for business marketing, and indeed the big challenge marketers face these days in creating content. Could you just give me your thoughts on that? I mean, what is the content challenge? How big is it and how serious is it for marketers? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty massive right now. I think, um, you know, content and content marketing is, is one of the areas um, within the marketing world that is, has been increasing in terms of levels of investment for, for most marketers over, over the past few years. Um, you know, as uh, different media channels have fragmented and and as there's more of a focus on, on the creation of um, authentic content within channels like Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, uh, and, and those channels demanding different types of content to, uh, uh, to basically be relevant with, their, their, um, uh, with the users on those platforms, uh, it's requiring marketers to think of different ways to be able to create content. Um, but content creation still seems to be really hard for a lot of marketers. It's one of the few places that um, has really been automated in the marketing landscape today. And there's the challenge also of knowing whether you should be trying to develop the content using an in-house team, whether you should be outsourcing it, agencies, of course, at a level of expense, various ways to approach this. But I think that brings us on to the topic of uh, visual content because when it's not just a matter of uh, writing a blog post, it, it becomes even more burdensome, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. Videos are, are, are obviously worth a lot more. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, we've always been visual animals. And, and so I think that, uh, you know, marketers always are trying to tell their stories, tell their brand stories using visual content. Um, you know, there's, there was a, a study that was done uh, that just, like, talked about what the challenges were in crea- creating content. And um, the number one challenge that people have in creating content is creating content. You know, when you <laughs> dissect that, you know, it's got this weird stickly, uh, circular reference. But um, it, it's uh, when you kind of break it down and go into some of the other factors, like scaling content and generating ideas and consistency in writing and the creation of visual assets were, were all the kind of the top problems uh, that people are having. And then you compound that with the fact that, you know, people need more content for, like, as, a, as I was mentioning before, all these different channels. It, it, it just gets really hard. So um, when you're trying to do things like make sure that you're maintaining brand consistency but uh, being uh, differentiated enough from your competitors, uh, and, and being authentic to all of the different channels you're, you're trying to uh, go into, uh, it, it just gets really hard. And that linear production process that kind of started back in the, in the 1950s when you would like lob a brief over to an agency and the agency would kind of give you a brief back and you would spend six to eight months debating concepts and then, and then hatch a campaign that would run for six weeks and, and everybody would be happy and pat themselves on the back just, just doesn't work anymore. So 
you know, being able to adapt to more agile approaches in terms of content development and and being able to to create content in in a, in a faster way that that uh, doesn't follow that same linear process is is, is really kind of needed today. And and whether it's a, a an in-house model, an agency model, a hybrid model, which which most uh, marketers are kind of moving towards. Um, you know, it, it, it really just demands completely rethinking the overall process on how to go to market. And that really sets the context for Shutterstock Custom, I think, because it's easy to imagine the marketer who knows that his or her team doesn't just have to produce a video, they have to produce videos in an ongoing way for a bunch of different channels, and they're well aware that video content, we've all seen the statistics, that's the kind of content which gets shared and passed on and passed around. And they're thinking, how can I do this at scale? And I think about a year ago, Shutterstock Custom came out with uh, the solution to this. Yeah, it's um, so so Shutterstock. Uh, so so the custom offering um, uh, at Shutterstock, we we had that since about uh, September of uh, 2017, and and it was through an acquisition the company made of a of a of a Toronto-based. Um, uh, organization called Flashstock, and, and it was in its like third or fourth year of business at the time of acquisition, and and really was born out of that whole fundamental uh, 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 thought that you just had mentioned, um, and and just really around how to scale content, and and the fact that you know brand marketers uh, they were turning to stock sites, but not finding stuff that was aligned to brands, or they were briefing their agencies, but paying like well into the double or triple figures for, for content, and it was just taking too long to get. So so the, the basic model behind custom is really, you know, come, it's, it's, it's true to the Shutterstock roots of a, of a marketplace, but we've got a, a curated marketplace of, of top content developers. Um, who can uh, go in and shoot video and create uh, or create uh, image assets or cinemagraphs or 360s, whatever clients are looking for, and, and be able to help them achieve that scale uh, in a relatively short amount of time frame. Because um, one of the advantages of, of having a distributed network of, uh, of contributors uh, all over the world means that uh, you know someone who might be in Missouri can create content, uh, uh, create content in Thailand. Uh, and be able to get something done in about three weeks where the, the, the process before, you know, it would have taken three weeks to fly everybody over and shoot the content in Thailand. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, then that doesn't take into account the whole briefing side and all of those kinds of things. So, so we go from like briefing to delivery of, of assets within that uh, targeted three week time frame. That's what really struck me about the, the Shutterstock custom offering is that you're not just selling video assets. You're producing something much more tailored. And I'd like to walk, uh, like you to walk us through it kind of step by step. And the first thing I see on the, uh, the list here is defining a visual ID. And that comes back to branding and brand consistency, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, um, it, it's kind of interesting too. So, um, you know, w- what we've done is, is taking, taking what's been like you know, the brand guideline process, which is like create some brand guidelines. We'll make a PDF for a wonderful hardbound, um, uh, hardbound uh, book that says all the wonderful things about the brand. And then it generally will go sit in a drive somewhere or go up on a shelf and collect dust. Um, and so what, what the brand calibration process is, is really about codifying uh, a brand guideline. Uh, and, and so what that does is, is we'll go through, 
uh, a very detailed kind of setup um, where we get uh, uh, the brand to identify like uh, the different types of things, like how, the role of their product, the type of models that they use, color palettes, uh, down into things like depth of field in terms of how, how their products are actually shot. So, uh, and, and once that's all codified, the advantage of that is, is that um, all of those specifics are then translated to the contributor network um, around the world, regardless of where they actually are, so that everybody knows exactly how to shoot content for those brands. So instead of relying on that, you know, that, that, that broken telephone process of, uh, you know, an, an account executive or the, the, the brand manager talking to an account executive, the account executive talking to the creative director, the creative director then like relaying that to the art director, the art director talking to the production manager, the production manager talking to the, the photographer, the videographer, the director, and, and just like losing what that, that the entire brand integrity through that whole process. Um, we just basically connect the brand to the end contributor, the person making the content for those brands, so that they know exactly what they're actually doing. So that's a clear streamlining of the process. And then within the parameters of the visual ID, the brand will submit a brief to the contributor. Yeah, exactly. So once those uh, once those visual standards are set up, um, the brand, the, uh, the person using the platform can select uh, the parameters. Uh, uh, from the the brand calibration that they they want to import into that brief, and then and then get into the specifics of uh, the specifics mm-hmm. of the actual project within the brief. So it still follows some of that those the standard kind of briefing type of inputs um, that most marketers are used to um, in terms of things they're trying to communicate and that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, all of that goes to the the contributors to then be able to create the um, the content for uh, 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 for those brands. Uh, we also match, like so. You know, uh, uh, we're not we're not inventing this. It's, it's obviously taken from uh, uh, the, the foundation of like dating sites and things like that. But we we match. We match people. We take we take contributors and we match those contributors against the the brief and the brand uh, calibration standards. So if we have uh, someone in the CPG world who wants to do flat lays and, and have beautiful shots, overhead shots of uh, of, of their food. Um, um, you know, beautifully set up on on Bianca marble and those kinds of things. Then we have we know contributors who are really good at that kind of stuff. Or if it's a car company who's looking to have shots in like northern Dakota in the in the mountains and, and showing like outdoor life and adventure and those types of things on lakes, then, then we know the contributors who actually know how to do that kind of lifestyle shots who live in those areas and who have access to to being to get uh, go up to those places too. So it's uh, it's it's really kind of like the, the uh, you know, being able to create and foster the connections between those people and, and just be able to find the, the right type of people anywhere in the world who can actually create the content for the, for the brand. That's intriguing, this distributed network of contributors. Presumably there's some sort of process uh, by which they qualify or maybe get unofficially certified as being the, you know, the right level of quality and responsiveness and some way they get to be regular Shutterstock contributors. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, when when the uh, when Flashstock originally started prior to being part of Shutterstock, it, you know, we, we uh, had to go out and recruit people and, and make sure that we were accessing the right type of uh, uh, contributors. Um, we have a, a, a very active contributor team who, who manages the relationship with the with everybody. Um, we we have some uh, obvious criteria to make sure that um, people can uh, uh, who who apply to be contributors they go through a vetting process and everything like that as well. 
Um, and then since becoming part of Shutterstock, um, that obviously opens up uh, a pool uh, to all of the people who are, who are contributing to Shutterstock today, so we can look at them, uh, look at the people who are contributing to our offset brand, which is our, our, our premium tier of, of content. Um, so it, it just has been able to give a lot more scale to the organization as well by being able to, to broaden the, uh, the network of, of potential people. Um, and the cool thing is too is that, you know, what, what this has done is like, yes, we, you know, Shutter, at Shutterstock we have, uh, custom content and kind of ready-made content within the stock platform. And, uh, and, and we can, we can find stuff to, to help kind of, um, augment projects. So, you know, if a, if a brand needs a, an amazing shot of, uh, of like of, a, of driving down Highway 1 in California in a convertible car, uh, and then they want to be able to pair that with their branded content um, to create a, a nice six-second video for Facebook or a story for Instagram, we can take stuff out of our existing library and pair it together and be able to create assets uh, assets for brands as well. Um, so it's, it's been interesting to see and, and just like our experience with our customers to see the different types of things that they're starting to request um, because we're also starting to broaden the service offering into other areas around like helping come up with the creative ideas and or doing the post-production and using our network to actually do some video editing and, and retouching and all of those types of things that um, uh, the brands typically don't do in-house um, but are looking for people to help do as well for them. Okay, that brings us back to to the process, and I just wanted to close this out because yeah. what happens after the content has been being created, the brand receives the content, they can give feedback. I assume they can make changes. Is that kind of an open open ended process? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, they, there's there's definitely feedback. Uh, it, it's pretty clear in terms of the the output, um, uh, in terms of what they're they're purchasing and the type of package that they're buying uh, buying from us. So uh, uh, they they look at things. They get uh, a certain amount of assets back. They'll be able to um, give feedback on the assets. They're able to uh, you know like and, and and put things aside that they want to actually move forward with. Um, and and the the other interesting part of it is that through the the feedback process, we also will continue to update both um, the visual guidelines as well as uh, as well as our contributor profiles. So if our contributors are getting consistently negative feedback, then that, that obviously affects the ranking, and yeah. our contributor team will address that. Uh, and then, and then similarly, if they get really good feedback, if brands like them, brands can add them to a roster of, of people who are specifically trained to shoot on their stuff. So if you're a, a premium uh, a brand like McDonald's, then you want to make sure that you have people that are uh, continually working on your project because they, they, they get your brand guidelines and they just naturally can, can understand it and, and, and they feel comfortable with it, then they can do that. Um, or if people need to be specially trained. So if you're having to use an espresso machine to, to get the perfect coffee with the, with the crema on top, then, then we'll make sure that, that uh, contributors are trained up and that they can do uh, those types of things and have those skill sets as well. So it's a continual uh, learning system uh, to be able to update uh, both the customer and the um, and the marketplace, so the contributors as well. Now you mentioned McDonald's there. That is one of the big name brands I, I saw on the website. In your title, it mentions enterprise and SMB. What kind of balance do you have between the big household name brands and smaller operations? Yeah, when we first started, um, uh, a lot of the growth was driven um, by the big brands. 
So a lot of CPGs, QSRs, um, uh, alcohol uh, categories really, really kind of uh, flocked to this space because uh, mainly because they had such big and distributed presences within like social media and, and digital channels. So um, they were the ones who, who, who really kind of came in and were the early adopters. Uh, and now we're, you know, we're seeing a ton of activity in the mid-market segment and, and even, even smaller. So like you get a lot of regional, uh, uh, regional QSR chains or, or restaurant chains. Um, we see, uh, a lot of startups and technology companies, uh, a lot of B2B marketers. So, so people who are just coming to look to get, um, uh, um, their brand standards or, or uh, just get a whole bunch of shots to put into their brochures or, or uh, other or website or one pagers or those types of things. So, so we're really seeing that, that um, wider adoption as opposed to just being like in the, in the, the true enterprise or thousand plus kind of company space. So, uh, which is kind of interesting. It's, 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 you're starting to see a lot of people who are just uh, in the startup space and, the, and in the technology space or financial services space really kind of looking to adopt and change their models now too. Intriguing. And just to close out, I thought to give you a chance to polish the crystal ball, take a look at the future. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities out there. There's interactive video, 360 video. We're starting to see brands getting interested in augmented reality, virtual reality. Uh, what yeah. do you see coming yeah. down the road? Or is it just a matter of keeping up this vast appetite for video? <laughs> well, so I, I, I'm a marketer too. So you know, I, I not only um, uh, am a spokesperson for the company, but I also use our product. Um, you know, I, we use we use our contributor network. We we actually, you know, have taken this networked approach uh, to a lot of the stuff that we do. We have an agile, sprint-based, creative uh, function um, in terms of, of how we're creating and building our our, our ads. Uh, we use networks like Upwork to be able to um, source writers and things like that. Um, so it's, you know, there's, there's kind of two key areas that, that we're really looking at. One, like as a marketer, I, I dream of a day where AI and, and these tools and technologies, I can like speak into a, into a, a box on my desk, uh, tell it what I want, and then it'll go and write ads. Uh, it'll write thousands of ads and select images and create videos for me, and it will publish into all of our performance channels and uh, and optimize them, and, and I won't have to actually uh, do anything. That's like that's so. I, I think there will be that. That will come. That will be maybe in five years, uh, five years time. But the technology is definitely getting to the place where uh, we would be able to do to do that type of stuff. So you know, if that's like the the north star of, of where we're going. Um, knowing that, you know, as a marketer, I, I can say this, but marketers are probably some of the laziest people in the world because we like to do the, the <laughs> least amount of the least amount of work for the most amount of return. Uh, so, so we, you know, that would be the the, the pinnacle of, of of marketing nirvana. Um, as as a company, we're we're and we're really focused on kind of two areas. One is the AI space and how we can use computer vision technology and 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 voice technology to be able to help kind of facilitate the process of image selection and, and, and footage selection and be able to to uh, create assets that are, are specifically uh, either mission built uh, for projects or or built based on the personal taste of, of uh, the customers or the, or the brands that we're working with. Um, and I think the other area is, is really the marketplaces area, you know, like just how, how we've got a massive um, network of, of contributors and 
to people who are supplying into our platform um, who are doing one thing for us today, which is supplying content. Um, and, and they might be able to do other things. And, and, and I think that network effect and, and the ability to be able to have an organization start to think about how they can tap into different tools and networks and resources across markets uh, can really power their global activity with a relatively small centralized team in, in, uh, in, in, uh, within an office wherever they happen to be based in the world. So I, I think those two areas are, are really the two things that people need to be focused on in terms of how they need to start to organize and scale their, their marketing departments. Well, so much to think about there, Paul. I really appreciate you joining us today and talking about Shutterstock Custom and the whole future of content marketing. I appreciate it.